Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome into the first episode of the Rick Slambin podcast. That's right. We're going to be talking Nuggets. We're talking Buffs. We're talking Broncos. We got guys to come in and talk Avs. Your Colorado sports, they're here. Your big sports topics around the league, whatever league that may be, they're here. We're going to dive in depth. We're going to do interviews. We'll have it all. Ladies and gentlemen, I hope you enjoy. Without further ado, The Rick Slambin Show. First things first, we, uh, we're going to be talking about a little uh, CU football action. Big thing in the news right now, just last night, Mel Tucker... You know, up and left the buffs for uh, a little prettier paycheck. Don't really know what else to say, guys. He uh, he was on Twitter in the days leading up to to his departure, saying how committed he was to see you uh, to the building of this program. And you know, this comes on the heels of of National Signing Day, the uh, the late period. So. CU has a lot of commits that, you know, are up in the air now. And when it comes down to it, it's, it's difficult. It's, it's difficult to, to kind of stomach this because when you got a guy as intense as Mel Tucker, and I don't mean intense getting in your face yelling, I mean intense in terms of his preparation, in terms of the things that he's doing for the program. Um, it's tough to see a guy go like that. And, you know, obviously he was making around two and a half million here at CU and he had a pool of around 3 million for his, for his coaches in Michigan state. They were, you know, bigger school, big 10 guys. And, and they were able to, to essentially double his salary as well as double his coaching pool uh, in order to bring in, you know, whatever assistance uh, he felt was necessary. And obviously Mel Tucker has a history at Michigan State. He he was it's where he kicked off his career with, with Nick Saban, and um, I'm sure that was the drawback to him. And who knows if, if Boulder was, was his spot or not. But it's, like I said, it's tough to see a guy go like that. Um Obviously, the big concern now, aside from finding a coach, um, is what's going to happen with all these recruits. You know, CU had a the 35th ranked national nationally uh, re- recruiting class uh, for for 2020, and um, you, you got to wonder how many of those guys were here for Mel Tucker. Uh, the first name that comes to mind is Antonio Alfano. I mean a transfer from Alabama, the first five-star recruit that, that CU's seen in, in some years. And, um, you know, Mel Tucker had connections with him when he was recruiting him back at, back in Georgia when, when he was the defensive coordinator. And you, you, you just got to wonder if, if guys like that are going to stick around. And, um, it's tough. I mean, there's, it's looking like eight guys right now um, who are currently enrolled at CU 
um, from the from the 2020 recruiting class, and it's you you got to think those guys are probably going to stick around. You know, Brandon Lewis, uh, quarterback out of Texas, he's enrolled dual threat passer. I mean, someone who who the Buffs need at the helm. Uh, haven't had any of that going around here in a while. I guess Cephalufau was he was able to pick up some yards on the on the ground, but um, he was obviously a, a pocket passer at heart, and um, so it's it's encouraging that you know someone like Brandon Lewis is going to be sticking around but um you know my mind aside from uh from Alfano instantly goes to guys like like Keith Miller and in Brandon Rice um you know two heavily tatted receivers um Brandon Rice obviously Jerry Rice's son out of Arizona and um Keith Miller uh who's, who's out of Texas um you know, you, you want you want guys like you, Keith Miller. He was on the front lines in terms of you know helping helping other guys get to to see you. I mean, he was he was heavy on Twitter, you know, recruiting guys, saying we got something building here, and you know, you you got to think that stems from from Mel Tucker. And a couple things that I do want to point out back to Keith Miller's Twitter is um you know. He uh, he's voiced his concerns uh, when Mel Tucker left, as did everybody else on the team. And uh, but recently, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you guys his, his three most recent tweets. Uh, one, he says, "Forget Colorado State Week One, put Michigan State." It's what you like to hear. Another one, which. Uh, Makes me feel like he's not going anywhere. He said, did all this preaching about being solid, then you changed. I'm still on the same mission. Time to get Folsom rocking a hundred times harder. You know, that's it's encouraging. It's encouraging and you, and you hope that other guys around him are, are feeling a similar way that, you know, what's being built here um, can hopefully be, you know, taken and ran with by all the recruits and all of the assistant coaches who are also on that recruiting trail with Mel Tucker. Um, but yeah, so it's like I said, it's tough and you don't, you don't like how Mel Tucker handled this situation. I mean, he was at donor events, uh, in Denver the night that he, you know, eventually dipped out and, and that's just, it's tough. It's, it really is. But, um, it really comes down to, can we retain these recruits? You know, I think they're making, um, as of 30 minutes ago, they're making Darren Cheverini, the interim head coach. And I think, I think that's good. That's going to hold a bunch of those recruits. And, you know, for example, Keith Miller back to his Twitter, he said, coach Chev never did us or see you wrong. That's all I'm going to say. And, um, I think that's that's the best attitude that our recruits can have going in, saying, you know, there was clearly a guy here who wanted to do some good with us, and um, we just need to kind of run with that and and know that just because a five and seven coach got a double in his salary, becoming a top ten paid coach in the nation, um, that CU's still on the rise and and things are gonna things are gonna be okay. Um, but like I said, it, you, you got to go back to people like Antonio Alfano, you, a five-star recruit. That's it's not something CU sees very often. And, 
you really hope guys like that stick around. Jason Harris, um, leading sacker, leading sacker, um, leading in sacks uh, for the state of Arizona. I mean, that's a that's a guy you want, a four star recruit, and um, you just you gotta hope that they they can see the bigger picture. And obviously, I understand that. You know, if they want out, they want out, and there's not much you can do. And CU is obviously not going to take the uh, the hit of, you know, not not releasing guys after after their head coach essentially abandoned them. And um, it'll be an interesting couple of weeks here, but um, it sounds like uh, Darren Cheverini is going to kind of ride this one out for a while and kind of hold down the program as as best as he can, and hopefully, like I said, retain those recruits. But I mean, back to Mel Tucker, it's it's difficult because, you know, any job you you get, you're making X amount of money, and they say, "Yo, we'll pay, we'll double your pay." Um, obviously, that probably wasn't their first offer, but when you got a school like Michigan State in the in the Big Ten with those primetime TV contracts, um, you know, they're able to back up that Brinks truck and really make it so you can. <laughs> you can't say no to stuff like that. And and I understand that. And, and I'm sure everyone else does, but it's, it's just difficult. Um, especially the way he handled it and the way he, he left all these recruits kind of just hanging in the bounds. Um, so it's gonna, it's gonna be an interesting couple of weeks here for, for CU football. That's for sure. You just heard the goat. You already know who it is. The big honey. Nikola Jokic. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. 20 points a game, 10 rebounds, 6.9 assists. The future, the present of your Denver Nuggets. And let me tell you guys, they are hot. Nuggets are hot. We're looking at last four games. are on a four-game win streak. Wins versus Portland at Utah, at Phoenix. At home versus San Antonio, epic comeback, end up winning by seven points. You got to wonder, can they challenge the Lakers for the number one seed in the West? Going into the All-Star break, best chance the Nuggets got is going to be two games behind the Lakers if they can pick up that Wednesday home victory uh, in prime time on ESPN. And you know what? That's going to be a tough game. That's going to be a tough game. Last one going into the break. Um, both teams are going to want it. Nuggets don't play until the following Friday after that. So, you know, they're going to put it all out on the line there. Jamal Murray's still kind of nursing that ankle injury, but you got to hope that he gets that short up over the all-star break. You know, it's, it's tricky when, when you start thinking about what the Nuggets can do in the West. Obviously, like I said, they are the second seed right now, right behind the Lakers, three games out. Um, but then you start looking at the teams behind them, the Clippers, one game back, the Jazz, two and a half games back, the Rockets even. Now then you start you start getting a little a little separation there, four games back. But the Rockets are a good team. The West is loaded. You know that. I don't have to tell you. But the Nuggets, they're good. They're for real. People don't talk about Denver. You turn on ESPN, you're not going to hear about the Nuggets. I can promise you that. They got 30 seconds. The Lakers lost. They got a minute 30 at least. It's ridiculous. I'm over it. I don't know what else to say. 
what the Nuggets have to do is they have to take over that one seed with Jamal Murray, with Jokic. They can become those big name players that get the primetime attention. But the only way they're going to do that is if they make some more noise. They need to pass the Lakers. They need to slap the Lakers around tonight. They have to for the good of the team, for the good of the city. They have to. Sure, you got to think the, you know, the Lakers, they've lost four of their last 10. As a one seed, you don't like to see it. As a Nuggets fan, I love to see it. Nuggets are eight and two in their last 10. But the Lakers, something you got to look at. Away record of 22 and five. Home record of 18 and seven. They're playing better on the road than they are in Staples Center. That does not suit well for the playoffs. Obviously, we know the Lakers are going to be a hard team to beat in seven. Can the Nuggets do it? I don't know. Can you get LeBron and AD to either have an off game or outplay them four out of the seven games? I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. But what I can tell you is the two-man game of Joker, of Jamal Murray, is something that you don't see in the league very much. And that's something that the Nuggets need to keep riding with. Then they got their support, guys. They got Jeremy Grant off the bench, who's actually been starting lately and putting in some impressive minutes. He's been coming through with amazing stats. Got his points per game up to 11. Um, He's averaging upwards of 25 minutes a game. Um, Then you got guys like Paul Millsap, the old buck, the guy who holds it down, the guy who keeps that locker room together. You got Monty Morris coming off the bench at point guard when Jamal Murray comes out and you can back him up with a guy like Monty Morris who's going to not only distribute the ball, but who can step up and hit a three-pointer from 27 feet out at the end of the third quarter when you're making a comeback on the San Antonio Spurs and Greg Popovich. That is what can propel the Nuggets to the number one seed. Sure, the Lakers, they're deep. They're deep. They got a lot of names you recognize, but are those a lot of names who can still outplay these young guys that the Nuggets have? At the beginning of the season, the Nuggets were the third youngest team in the league. But then the Lakers, you got guys, not going to mention LeBron James, he's in a league of his own, but you got Dwight Howard, JaVale McGee, he's getting old Jared Dudley. Is Avery Bradley going to come off the bench and outplay Monty Morris, the young guy with fresh legs? Maybe. He might. But can he do it seven games in a row? Well, four games? That's interesting. They held on to Kyle Kuzma. Is LeBron over that whole fiasco with his trainer? Maybe. Is Kyle Kuzma mature enough to play for a one seed? You know Danny Green is. You know Rondo is. Can KCP show up when it matters most? I'm not putting my money on it. Shit, I'll take the Clippers over the Nuggets any... Not the Nuggets. The hell am I talking about? I'll take the Clippers over the Lakers in a seven-game series. Can the Nuggets beat the Clippers in a seven-game series? That's a tough question. 
Kawhi Leonard, Paul George. Sure, they've been sitting out. Load management. 41 games played for Kawhi Leonard, 33 for Paul George. Granted, he was nursing that shoulder injury. But can they play one through eight with the Nuggets? I don't know. Maybe I'm a little biased. Maybe I love this Denver team because it's one that has given me more hope than I've had in the last 15 years. Sure, I had Mello up there. He's taking us to the promised land. But that dude doesn't play defense. We got a team full of guys who can ball, and we got a team full of guys who are willing to bust their asses at the defensive end. I can't tell you how many times I've seen scramble plays going on where you're running guys off the three-pointer and they're dishing it and you got help in the helper and he's there all around. Next thing you know, you're putting up a bad shot or the shot clock's running out. The Nuggets defense is what's going to put them over the top. And that's why I go back to things like, can you hold Anthony Davis and LeBron James in a seven-game series? Can you hold Kawhi Leonard and Paul George in a seven-game series? And Lou Williams coming off the bench. Can that bench of the Denver Nuggets outlast the bench of the LA Clippers? We know they can outlast the bench of the Lakers. The Clippers got a good bench. It'll be an interesting one, folks. I'm excited. You know, we're going into the All-Star break. Joker didn't get the uh, the starting bid again, which, you know, I got to say I'm not happy about it. But I understand he started off slow, but I'll tell you what, he is looking fit. So as long as we lay off that Pokemon uh, over the break and we stay in the gym a little bit, I'm, I'm liking how the Nuggets are going to come out in the second half. And they got to come out hot. And that is important. Let me tell you what, it is important that they come out hot. If they do, they're going to put the rest of the league, and especially the Los Angeles Lakers, on alert to watch out for the Mile High crew. You know what's really a shame? In the midst of all this Mel Tucker talk that has taken over the world of Colorado athletics, the CU men's basketball team is coming up on arguably one of the biggest games they have played in recent history. Number 16 buffs are heading down to Eugene on Thursday, February 13th, to take on the Oregon Fighting Ducks. And this is something, this is a game that's going to truly dictate what happens for the Buffs going down the road here. The Buffs got seven games left to finish this conference slate before they head into the Pac-12 tournament. Um, And truthfully, this win against Oregon is going to set them up for what seed they're looking at. The Buffs beat Oregon earlier this year, January 2nd, at home. A pretty hard-fought game for both teams, but ultimately the Buffs just outplayed Oregon the entire time. At the time, Oregon was ranked number two, um, but now it is currently a 16-17 matchup. You know, the Buffs sitting at the 16 seed, hypothetically you're thinking maybe maybe they get slotted at that four spot in the NCAA tournament come March Madness. But this win against Oregon, they jump up. You want Dayton, you want Dayton to keep winning. If teams like Dayton keep winning, if Kansas can't figure out how to beat Baylor, CU's going to find themselves in the top 10. 
You're talking the Dayton Flyers, number six overall, two losses, Kansas, Colorado. If they keep winning, CU looks great. CU does play five of the next seven on the road. At Oregon State, that's going to be another big one. Who knows what happened last time they played. Coming off the heels of an amazing win against Oregon, they dropped a game against Oregon State. They got USC at home. That's going to be a tough one. USC battles all the time, no matter what. CU won at USC 78-57 last time they played. But that doesn't mean anything. UCLA should be a dub. Cal, dub. Stanford, you got to be careful. If CU gets this win against Oregon, they can come out of here, out of these last seven games, with one loss. And with the win against Oregon, you're probably finding yourself the number one seed in the Pac-12 tournament. You head down to Las Vegas as the number one seed? Hell, even if you lose to Oregon in the finals, you could still find yourself a potential three seed come tournament time. You know the Buffs. They got some ballers. They got some guys this year, some absolute dogs. And you love to see when they're all working together, when their defense is there, when they're hitting shots. Damn, it's a beautiful sight. Like I said, it's a shame all this has been tucked under the rug with this Mel Tucker situation, but something to look at aside from the fact that it is an important game for the Buffs, a huge game for the Buffs, is Tad Boyle. Sure, there's been complaints about him in the past. The program's had its ups and downs. But he's been here. He's been here. He's committed to the university. He turned down the likes of Tennessee, Memphis, these big programs that are trying to poke. This was early on. This was... This was just as early as Mel Tucker's departure, and he's turning them down. He said, I know what I want to do. I want to build at Colorado. Sure, we're not winning like Duke, but do we have ourselves our own Coach K? He's hanging around. He's in it year to year. We're year 10. Maybe Coach K was a bit of a stretch, but after Mel Tucker leaves, 14 months? 10 years feels like an eternity. I'm thankful for Tad. That's all I'm trying to say, guys. And sure, the buffs, like I said, have had their ups and downs, but keeping someone who cares about the program in the university is is ultimately more important than uh, than someone who's going to build and leave the second the check gets prettier.
That's about going to do it for us today, ladies and gentlemen. I want to thank each and every one of you for tuning into this podcast. Catch you next week on the back end of the All-Star break. We're going to give a little preview on the Denver Nuggets, what they're going to need to do going into the second half in order to make a run for that Larry O'Brien trophy. Because it could happen. Thanks again. If you want to reach out to me, any questions, comments, concerns, or any sort of topics you want me to discuss, uh, it can be found on Twitter. My name is Eric Gambon, E-R-I-C-G-A-M-B-O-N. Handle is Eric underscore the underscore G. Thanks, guys.